morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Monday, the 7th of August, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'll be talking about the latest market news with Roman Canciani, and then I'll be speaking to Marcus Wachter from our technical analysis team to get his latest thoughts on the markets from a technical perspective. Among other things, I'll be asking him about the Japanese yen. But first up is Roman. Good morning, Roman. Good morning, Helen. Last week proved to be eventful for financial markets with the earnings season in full swing, a lot of economic data to digest and the wild swings in the US Treasury market following the downgrade of US sovereign debt by Fitch, who are one of the three big rating agencies. Now, many big, big investors will be leaving for a well-deserved holiday. Do you think they can enjoy their time off? Well, I hope so. Regarding financial markets, however, August has uh, often proved to be a bit of a jittery month. The uh, lack of liquidity in markets during that time has often led to spikes into one or the other direction. And I think that last week we got a little teaser of that. It was the first week in many with equity and bond markets both down markedly across developed markets. European equities, for example, were down about 3% compared with the week before, just like the US tech-heavy Nasdaq index. At the same time, oil and other commodities kept on moving up as supply-demand considerations uh, drove prices higher. This might gain importance in discussions this week when a string of inflation figures will be published. You just mentioned the mediocre performance of European stocks last week. Why have they come under so much pressure? Well, if one browses the news wires, I think it's fair to say that it was a confluence of bad news. The economic picture in Europe simply does not look well with economies struggling to grow, especially in manufacturing and inflation still stubbornly high. Although the European Central Bank has slightly tempered its tone with regard to further rate hikes, it could well be that interest rates in Europe stay on higher levels for longer than in the US. And then some high-profile European companies have underdelivered in terms of earnings reports and outlooks too last week. I see. And I recall our strategy research team reiterated just last week that they generally continue to prefer US over European stocks in the current environment. So what is it then which makes the US a better place to invest right now? Well, one could really start an extended discussion here and uh, it is tricky to generalize. But in short, our research says that the US is simply ahead in its economic cycle, which means that growth dynamics are currently better in the US. Rates are likely to peak soon if they haven't already. And uh, economic data point to a soft landing on the of the economy there. So the likelihood for a recession to kick in sometime over the coming 12 months in the US is lower today than, say, two months ago. Case in point is the solid jobs report published Friday afternoon, uh, delivering the message investors like most right now. The economy is growing, but not too fast. And, of course, overall earnings reports in the US have been better than in Europe so far, quality-wise. So about 85% of the companies making up the S&P 500 index have reported so far, and about 80% have beaten estimates, which is a pretty strong number. And Friday was an interesting day in that markets rebounded on the jobs report that you mentioned, but they lost steam then into the close of trading. Why do you think that was? And how are Asian markets faring this morning? 
Yes, true. Uh, US stock markets could not hold on to their gains on Friday, but most commentaries said that it was more of a profit-taking rather than any significant news. Amazon was up, up about 8% on better-than-expected earnings and outlook. Uh, their CEO even called the second quarter a game-changer for the company. And Apple was leading the detractors down 5% after the outlook underwhelmed investors. Uh, but futures for the US today are already up significantly again. In the fixed income space, US treasuries have been more or less holding on this morning to their strong gains from Friday, when yields dropped sharply uh, on the positive jobs report. Over the past five trading days, however, yields for longer-dated US treasuries are still up about 10 basis points, while two-year yields are down about six basis points. Asian shares uh, got off to a cautious start this week, with stocks in mainland China, South Korea and Australia all slightly down. Japanese stocks, however, are trading slightly better, as some earnings reports are weaker yen and some stabilizing bond yields offer support. Right. And looking ahead then, what might be moving markets the most this week? Well, the earnings season in the US is slowly petering out, so there's probably not too much to be expected from that side. But in terms of inflation expectations and the prospects for future Federal Reserve policy this week could become very interesting. First, commodity prices, uh, one of the most important drivers of inflation, are going up again on news about supply issues with trading via the Black Sea, heavily impacted by the war. And on Thursday, we get consumer price inflation figures for July out of the US, currently expected at 3.3% by market consensus. It is very likely that this is one of the most important data releases also for Federal Reserve officials when it comes to the decision whether or not to hike rates in September. At the very moment, swap traders are considering the chances for another hike as very low though, at about 12%. This morning, we have already received data on Swiss unemployment for July, which came in at 1.9%, just as expected. Uh, this figure might be a bit higher going forward. Uh, Bloomberg says that UBS is likely to announce a flurry of job cuts in connection with its merger with Credit Suisse later on this month. And also just in this morning, Germany reported industrial production numbers for June, solidifying the views of Europe being in a bad economic shape, at least in manufacturing. They came in at minus 1.5% month on month, versus the expected minus 0.5%. That's it from me. Very good. Thank you very much, Roman, for wrapping up the latest news for us this morning. Now, Marcus, thanks for joining us today as well. Good morning, first of all. Good morning, Helen. So the S&P 500 rose in July, and that was the fifth consecutive monthly gain. The start of August, though, hasn't been as good. What do you make of this from a technical perspective? Are you bullish on the S&P? We've seen a correction at the start of uh, August, coming back from or giving up some of the gains we had uh, during July. So the S&P went down uh, above 2.2%. Uh, uh, the Nasdaq corrected also over 3%. Um, that is a correction within the prevailing uptrend. We see uh, the, the historical um, perspective of five monthly gains in a row. There has been usually the 12 months after there has been a 12% gain on the S&P 500. So we're still uh, staying uh, bullish on that one. Okay, interesting. So it tends to keep rising after a run of five monthly gains. And are the statistics for the Nasdaq 100 similar? 
the statistics for the NASDAQ 100 are even uh, better. We basically uh, see another uh, 32% rise in the next 12 months in the historical data. So if you buy after the five uh, monthly gains, you have a good chance of uh, further appreciating um, indices. Okay. Now in currencies, we've heard quite a lot about the Japanese yen recently with the Bank of Japan intervening and buying Japanese government bonds twice last week. Do you think the weakness we've seen in the yen is going to continue? The Japanese yen has been showing quite some weakness. There was a bit of a correction at the end of last year, basically on the longer run view. And then the US dollar has been rising against the yen and also the euro. Especially the euro has made 22-year highs versus the Japanese yen. And uh, there has also been strong losses on the US dollar yen. The yen is uh, currently stuck, especially against the US dollar. We have seen some uh, gains of the US dollar, but it's not. There would surely need to be a breakout above the 145 or a break below the 137 levels to give the yen. Uh, US dollar yen further direction. So for the moment, we have a neutral view and prefer to stay on the sidelines. Okay. And I also want to get your thoughts on bond yields quickly. The 10-year US Treasury yield has been hovering around 4%. It's just over 4% at the minute, actually. What are your thoughts when you look at the charts on where yields will go from here? We have been upgrading the US Treasury yields recently to neutral we see there is a chance that the rise above four uh, percent might uh, go on and even um, reach the four point three three percent. On the other hand, um, is is not that much uh, we see at the moment. So um, we keep a neutral view there until we, the situation develops in a stronger up or down trend. Great. Thanks very much, Marcus. Good to get your thoughts this morning. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We would love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be back talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great start to the week, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.